This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Well, hello. Welcome to She Speaks Bravo. I'm Emily. And in the words of Andy Cohen, we've got a lot to unpack. It has been a day or two in the world of Bravo. It all started two nights ago when old Facebook posts from Jenny, Jenny Wynn from Salt Lake City, I wouldn't even call them old. They were from late 2020. So, you know, like kind of a year ago, basically. And they were racist. It was a lot of like, blacks want to blame police for killing their people, but really black people kill each other. Really ignorant, anti-vax stuff. Um, There was an article, this is the one that destroyed me, an article that said um, it was a picture of the cop's kneeling on George Floyd, you know, that famous shot. And um, it said that new body cam footage shows that that um, George took a fatal amount of drugs as soon as the cops arrived. And that's how he died. He died of an overdose. So needless to say, this sparked a whole storm of anger towards casting um yeah it's been a, it's been wild because a few things happen obviously the first thing is we don't want to see jenny on our screens let's get her off fire her now void her contract i don't want to see her for one second on my screen if you happen to miss uh, these posts, if you if it just didn't happen across your path, they are, if you go on Twitter and look up the hashtag R-H-O-S-L-C Jenny, you should, you should get all of it. Um, if that doesn't work, they are posted on Bravo by Betches, Queens of Bravo. They're really everywhere. Uh, for, it started on Twitter and then it spread like wildfire. By the time I woke up the next day, it was everywhere. And in addition to saying we want Jenny out of there, we are like casting. What is your problem? Like literally, what the fuck are you guys doing? You know, with with Jen, fine. You didn't know that her kind of vague business was scandalous and criminal. Fine, I'll give you that. But with Mary, these allegations against Robert Sr. and Mary, but against the whole church, way, way, way above the cast of housewives pay grade. It is not their job to expose a fucking cult. And now we have Jenny. A quick, a quick glimpse at her Facebook page. 
and it's like, oh, never mind, guys. She, uh, she's racist. <laughs> she hates black people. Hard no. It's like, did they really want an Asian woman that bad? That was, it's absurd. So, she's released a statement. I'll read the statement now. Um, it's ridiculous, this statement. Whoever wrote it for her, whoever wrote it for her did not take enough time. Like, I get that we were all, like, waiting for her to acknowledge it, but um, this ain't it. So she says, I want to acknowledge and apologize for my deleted Facebook posts from 2020 that resurfaced today. At the time, I thought I was speaking out against violence, but I have since learned how offensive and hurtful my words were. Okay, hold on. I got to stop. Um, I thought I was speaking out against violence. Nice try. I get I get what you think you're saying. You you think you're saying, you know, all these protests are inciting violence and so I'm speaking out against that. But girl, there's so much you posted. There's one meme and it's someone like like yelling across a room and it goes, "Hey black people, Maybe if you listened and cooperated with the police, you wouldn't get shot. That's not, that's not speaking out against violence. And this is just, you know, one example. And then she goes on to say, it's why I deactivated that account more than a year ago and why I continue to try to learn about perspectives different from my own. I regret those posts and am sincerely sorry for the pain they caused. Um, uh, no, that is not. Um, that's just not going to work, Jenny, because also you didn't deactivate that account. You just deactivated it like yesterday when it was all coming out because Bravo by Betches was scrolling through that Facebook page. And then they got temporarily blocked. And then the account, I'm assuming the account is deactivated. I actually haven't checked. Um, so that's one. But two, this is from late 2020. So practically 2021. And that is last year. Okay. You have since learned. What have you learned? What? So yeah, we're mad at her. But with this revelation came some other conversations online, and a friend of mine informed me of some horrible news. And that is, that is that Dolores from Jersey, aka my favorite housewife of all time, she is a Trump supporter and anti-vaxxer. Okay. Even borderline Q was used to describe her political views. You guys, I can't even tell you how painful this is to hear. Also, my friend Taria podcast is called What Else is Going On? I just was on her podcast. We recorded this week. So shout out. Um, she informed me that Lisa Barlow contributed to Ted Cruz's campaign. I did some digging and 
discovered that she contributed to his presidential campaign in 2016, um, but then did not vote for Trump that year. So I forgive her a little bit. Do I hate Ted Cruz? Yeah. A lot. Him, Mitch McConnell, all those losers. Um, and then basically the entire cast of Jersey. Teresa, Melissa, basically Margaret's the only one that is not a Trump supporter. Now, here's the thing about Trump. Trump supporters in 2016, a little different because you are a Republican, you're going to vote Republican. Also, there was a Hillary Clinton factor and she really rubs people the wrong way. So, fine. A lot of people voted for Trump in 2016 and then did not vote to reelect him in 2020. And that is great. However, if you still voted for him in 2020, we got some problems. Cuz you have you saw the damage he caused, okay? You see what this man is capable of to vote for him that second time. I get it. If you're rich, you just want to stay rich, and the Republican Party makes sure of that. Trump especially. Trump went the extra mile to make sure that the rich stay rich. But yeah, it has been, um, it's been a bummer of a day. Yesterday was the big bummer. I've kind of like settled into it. But now when I, when I see clips of Jersey coming out, I can't look at Dolores the same. I just can't. It just doesn't make sense. She's like, Maybe I guess she just loves animals and she gives back to the community when she works with that that woman's shelter. And Trump is a blatant racist. So how do you back that guy? Yeah, it's been... Teresa, it makes sense because, you know, Teresa, and this isn't meant to be a total insult to Teresa. It's just kind of fact. She's not super duper smart. She kind of takes things for face value. Like Joe could blatantly lie to her face and she'd be like, well, Joe said it, even though there's evidence to the contrary. She's like, I don't know. That's what Joe said. So, okay, fine. Melissa, I'm not a big Melissa fan. So I'm like, fine, whatever. She already sucks, in my opinion. Even though she totally followed me on Instagram and when I got excited about it, I posted it in my stories and I was like, I feel like she started following me by accident and she replied to the story and said, I just love your content. So you would think I would still love Melissa, but I definitely separate these people from like, I'm a fan for sure, but um. I don't know. I separate it for. I, I don't. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but uh, I'm sure if I saw her in real life, I'd freak out because I saw that firsthand when I went to Tom Sandoval's show. Tom Sandoval is in a. He's the lead in his own cover band, and if you happen to miss the recap, the review of his show, it's in. It's saved to my highlights. The VPR Vanderpump Rules highlight. In my story highlights, you know, on the, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I show clips from the show uh, and I give a nice little rundown there. I may go into it a little bit when I when I get to Vanderpump Rules' episode. But honestly, you have to see the clips of it. You have to hear Tom singing. You have to see, see it to believe it. 
Um, and when I saw the whole cast, well, not the whole cast, um, Sheena, Brock, James Kennedy, and Tom Schwartz and Ariana were there. And I definitely got starstruck and was like too nervous to even go up to them. But yeah. Uh, anyway, so there was there was the the housewives bubble burst. I honestly think someone else told me about Dolores a while ago. It was like someone replying to a comment. Uh, and I, I feel like when they sent that, when they said that, that she was a, like a anti-vax Trump supporter, I think I might have responded like, wait, what? And then so many other things happened that I forgot. And then I, I think I chose to block it out. I was like, we're going to, we're going to pretend we didn't hear that. So the other huge news, the other huge bomb that dropped, this was yesterday, is Mary's mom, Mary Cosby's mom and stepfather did an interview with, excuse me, with Up and Adam. And he, I just discovered him. Um, He clearly is a groundbreaking Bravo fan with the with the interviews for days. I would definitely check out his YouTube page. A lot of fun stuff on there. He's also on Instagram. But uh this interview was just it was just really eye-opening and it and it completely tracks. So these people are saying that Robert Sr basically conned his way into mama, the grandma, into like her church and her money, her property, like switched everything over to the church. He completely like scammed to make sure he got all of this from her. There was a huge age gap. He was a lot younger and he saw an opportunity and from what it was kind of hard to hear and understand um stand them because they just spoke really low and you know whatever they didn't have any kind of like media training so it seemed like even while mama was alive he, robert senior was trying to get with mary's mom rosalind rosy they call her and she was like, he is so damn ugly. No, I am not interested. And she was married to her, still her husband now, Mark, the stepdad. And she was like, I was not at all interested. So then he went to marry. And the reason he was originally going for Rosie is because Rosie was a founding member of this church. So she was essentially next in line and just as powerful as Mama. And... Robert Sr., when he couldn't get Rosie, then went for Mary, and Mary was married to Dana. And Robert Sr., according to them, like, kidnapped. Full on. She said the word kidnapped. She said it, like, under her breath and quickly, but she said kidnapped her and was keeping her at Mama's house. And Mary would try to run home to her husband, and Robert would go get her again, and he was just showering her with presents purses, cars, and that totally tracks because Mary has talked about at the reunion last year, she said something like, you know, all my Chanel's, 
all my all my Louboutins. He's bought that for me. He bought me all of that. That's love, basically. And so they they are alleging that she's basically been brainwashed and was groomed and brainwashed. He kept her, Robert Sr. kept her like alienated. Uh, Mark, the stepdad, even called it something. There's like a legal terminology for this, which is what cults do. They cut you off from your friends and family so that they can brainwash you. And then they have you convinced that everyone else doesn't understand. Only I understand and you understand. And, you know. And so now it's been all these years. And she's got a son and she's so far gone is basically what they're saying. They're like, she's, I don't even know if she knows what's real and what's not. I don't think she really does either. But Rosalind was saying that she was so happy to see Mary on this show. And what's clear is Rosie still really loves Mary and misses her. And she loved seeing her on that show because she thought it was a cry for help. Like, if I expose this, if I expose him, I can get out. And Mary is clearly not afraid to say she hates him. She talks about it all the time. Uh, She's disgusted by him. And rightfully so. Uh, It was a real eye-opener. It just shifted the perspective. Because you can tell this woman is traumatized. and. Uh, the account, My Family Genie. if you don't follow that account, oh my God, you must, because uh, it's My Family Genie is the actual Instagram handle. And Dr. Adina goes, she's a genealogist, so she goes into the family history. And she's uncovered that Mary's family basically has like a history of, um, of uh, marrying each other. I didn't catch it, but at one point towards the end of the interview, Mary's mom says that her daughter, not Mary, but I think Denise is the other sibling, is her daughter, wanted Mark, the husband. And she, Dr. Adina is going into more um, details still, but it's clear that kind of the entire atmosphere that Mary grew up in was that this was normal. Um. Which we know it's not. <laughs> We're very aware that that's not. But like, it all kind of... Sh- it. Again, I'm going to say something. I have a really great idea for Bravo. When Bravo goes out looking for the next housewife and they uncover something insane like this, throw some money at doing like a docu-series exposing this type of stuff. Because I get that they're like, whoa, we just want this story and this character out there because it's too good. I get that. But not on Housewives. It's too much. These 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 casts of women are not equipped to handle stuff like this. So do a little true crime Bravo spinoff where you get some investigative journalism going on and we could have still seen this whole thing unfold and we could have handled it better. We could have been doing interviews with the right people. We could have been learning about this and helping Mary and the other members of the church that have been hurt. Because now Mary, then this happens all the time. In cults, once you get groomed, then you start breaking the law because you are now, you don't think you're breaking the law. You don't think you are a criminal. You think you are acting on behalf of God. And so, yes, Mary is now, quote, a bad guy for sure. 
but she's clearly there's some, we all know there's something off and this is it it makes sense it to me it all adds up you have to watch the interview it's almost 2 hours i actually don't remember but it's long and it's clear that they love mary and they ne- they do not hold any ill will and any time up and Adam, uh, Adam did an amazing job. Up and Adam gives a great, he goes through great points. Like he doesn't, he doesn't gloss over the accusations. Like he's like, so people are alleging that they've taken out a second mortgage on their house and given them the money. Mom, Mama Cosby, well, no, I guess she's Rosie because Mama Cosby is the late grandmother, but Rosie is like, nope. That's not Mary. That's all Robert. But she's swept up in this life now. I tend to forgive a little too quickly. So I'm already like, all is forgiven. Let's help her. And let's get Robert Sr. thrown in prison. Because not only was did he do this to Mary, but there's other sexual assault allegations. Yes, that too. But also he's like kind of criminally obtained everything he has. He had nothing. Until he got with Mama, and I'm convinced he did it with it was a long con. And there's some other business partner that they mention, Louise. I couldn't, I could not tell what they were saying. And they were speaking fast and they never addressed it. And maybe I'm missing something. Like maybe there was like a conversation about this woman, but basically it was like Robert Sr. and this other woman made sure that all the properties and all the assets were moved into the church's name, not into, not under Mama's name, so that they, had access to it. So he's a full-on criminal. And I hope Mary gets out of there. I hope Mary gets another season. I hope after seeing this interview, they are like, hey, do you want to come back? Um, so that now we can, I don't know, maybe I don't want that. I don't know. I just, I feel... I feel like we've learned a lot. It's been it's been an earth-shattering couple days of uh of information coming out. Okay? It's been a lot. <sighs> okay, we've got that out of the way. Um let's move in. Let's move into some show recaps and just kind of cleanse the air. Okay? I'm going to take a quick break and we're going to get into Orange County. The mid-season trailer has just dropped. I am a sucker for the trailers. I The fancy, fast editing just sucks me in every damn time. But I'm trying to be realistic. I, I see that Jen is going to have marital problems, which, you know, I just don't think I was paying enough attention, but he, he really doesn't seem to like her very much. So... Maybe when I get some of that footage, I'll care more about Jen. But as of now, I'm like, I literally don't. Um, I'm going to recap two episodes, light recaps, because I did get to watch this week's episode before I recorded this. And so I'm just going to give you a little two for one. The Noella and Gina scene. 
Noella is talking about how she's located her husband based off of some credit card charges. And it all, this is where my, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. Because she gives this confessional monologue where she's like, I just need to pick myself up and dust myself off because I am not going to wait around for a man who doesn't deserve it. I was like, wow, you have pretty much set yourself up for this persona and this whole storyline. Um, yeah, it really struck me as missing something. I want to like her. Do I? Am I being like, am I trying not to like her? I don't feel like I'm trying not to like her. I feel like I'm trying to like her and I'm trying to find entertainment value in this show. But it, knowing what we know now, knowing that they lived in Puerto Rico and she came back just to film the show and found this rental house and made sure to build a little sex dungeon slash closet in it so that she could talk about it and make people uncomfortable because she brings it up at very unnecessary times. Um, it just feels like now she's, now she's taking the opportunity to show that she's a strong woman and she's moving on. And then in the scene with Noella and G and Gina, uh, at a, she, Noella just goes, I masturbated this morning. Look, I talk about masturbation. I talk about sex with my friends. I am not in any way opposed to that. If a friend of mine said that to me in that way, I would have been as uncomfortable as Gina. Gina even handled it better than I could have. Gina was like, well, that's good. At least, you know, like the pipes are working. And then Noella puts her hands under her chin and like shrugs and smirks. And I was like, ew. Okay. I, I'm i just not vibing with her um, because later Heather has invited Noella over to have a chat because it's like, what is actually happening here? And Heather totally pulled a power move, like a power tactic. She invites Noella over and she's filming an infomercial with Terry. So the lights are on. She's talking to the phone and and she just kind of motions over to Noella, like, one second, just got to finish this up. And so it totally puts her in a place of dominance. Like, she wasn't waiting around for Noella to show up. No, no, no. She was film She was filming an infomercial. Now, one could argue that this was maybe a production mix-up and they got the scheduling wrong. They all do have to get, like, mic'd up before they walk into a scene. So this could have been production's fault. Um, but regardless, it was pretty funny. So they sit down and Noella makes the claim that Heather pushed someone into a wall. Now, Heather's a lot of things, but I just can't imagine her being that physically aggressive with someone because she's too like fancy for that. I could see her yelling at someone. I could see that pissing off Noella because probably seemed like Heather had like authority over production and it's like why are we all catering to this woman kind of a kind of a vibe from Noella but to try to make this claim on camera Heather knew she was like you're going through a lot <laughs> and take care 
Heather has done this before. She's been on the show for years. She's seen it time and again, I'm sure. I don't think we've ever seen someone as thirsty as Noella. She came in knowing that Heather's comeback would mean that Heather was going to be like the lead. So she knew, okay, this will get me the most camera time if I pick this fight. Granted, I like when someone challenges Heather. I do. That's why I'm telling you we need Tamara. We need, I don't want to say we need Vicky, but we need Tamara at least because Tamara will make fun of her for being fancy pants and teaser. And that's what makes Heather likable. But Noella is doing it in a way that doesn't even feel like she's authentically coming for Heather for those reasons that we would want her to, but more just desperate to make the show. You know what I mean? And the show, this episode ended with, it was, um, Heather's daughter's book launch, which is cool and awesome. And I'm not saying anything bad about that. Great, great work. But um, Emily gets wasted. I swear, Emily was like, I'm going to show everyone fun, Emily, this season, okay? And she's giving it to us. She's wasted and everyone, like, telling everyone to do shots with her. Shane is so annoyed. But as they're leaving, she's like, I'll have sex with you tonight. And he's like, in the butt. She's like, fine. Okay. And this is, again, so Emily, when she's drunk, she's talking to Jen. And she's totally busting Jen because Jen's trying to say that she was with her ex because of his, like, intellect and personality. And Emily's like, it was for the money. Okay, let's let's be real here. Um, Jen looked incredibly uncomfortable. It's like a lawsuit. I don't know. The Bravo docket uh, posted something about this particular thing. So I need to go back and review their findings. But again, I don't really care about her. So it wasn't, a, it didn't really matter to me that this was happening and that this has come out. But maybe once her husband leaves, I'm, I can get more invested. Maybe. Um, she just doesn't feel like a strong enough housewife, I guess. I don't know. I'm still on the fence about it. But like I said, this freaking mid-season trailer got me. I mean, I was already planning on watching all of the episodes. Like, duh. But. Okay, now moving on to this past week's episode. Um, it's very clear that Noella is just here to make a TV show. Is that bad? It's slightly annoying, to be honest, because there's an art form to this, you know? And she's she's just being so blatantly obvious with her thirstiness. And it starts with, uh, the gift she gives Max and Heather reading. It was like a card game or something. And it had all these dirty sexual things on it. And Heather was reading some of the cards to Gina. And it had to basically all be bleeped out. So, you know, that's an inappropriate thing to get a teenager 
I have a teenage goddaughter and I would never, ever do that. Um, but Gina is like, listen, we have to invite Noella. What if I'm basically responsible for her? So production is like, we really need Noella to go on this trip. So Gina, you're our girl. So they take a private jet to Cabo and Heather has, I, I agree with Gina here. Heather has the whole itinerary planned and Gina says, she's like, look, some people may call it bossy. I love it. And to be honest, I do too. I like to know exactly what I'm getting into, exactly what time we're having dinner. I enjoy that. And so I'm sure though, this is annoying for the people that like have to help facilitate it. You know, like the manager of the restaurant that she's booking and things like that. I'm sure they want to kill her. But I, as a guest, would very much appreciate the organization. I don't know if you watched Dallas, but Tiffany Moon and her spreadsheets, that to me equals fun. I enjoy it. So they all arrive and they're finding their rooms. Um... And Jen calls her husband and in her confessional, there's just something so like insecure and like shaky and nervous about her. Um, It's almost, it looks like she's about to cry every time she talks. So I just want to be like, what's wrong? I think this was, you were a little too fragile to come on this show. Cause she's like, I basically work all the time and never see my kids. So if I have some downtime, I must spend it with them. And a lot of housewives do this. You say yes to this show and then you realize, oh my God, (laughs) if I was working a lot before, now I'm going to have to go on trips and do shit like that. So um, she's, I don't think she was cut out for this, but we shall see. So anyway, the the dinner. I'm going to skip all the other stuff because I really don't care. They get to the dinner. This is like the big scene of the episode. And Noella's arrived. And this is just such a weird group of people. You know what I mean? Like there's just no connection between them. Noella's sitting next to Emily. Kind of makes sense. But then you see Jen and Shannon. And you're like, who are you people? What are we doing? But Noella makes sure that she will be difficult and therefore be good TV, I guess. So right away, she's like, oh, God, this tequila. I'm not doing a shot of tequila that doesn't have ice in it. And the the editing is clearly showing that everyone's annoyed by this. Like, she showed up late, and now she's completely changed the dynamic of the group, and now it's annoying. And she's just being extra. And I don't remember how or why. Oh, someone says something about Nicole not coming. I'm not sure. Something about Shannon, but out of nowhere, Noella in like a baby voice goes, I love my Shannon phone calls. You always call at the right time. This woman needs a lot of attention. Anyone on this cast that is not calling her regularly to check on her, she's like, I guess you're not my friend. It's like, we just met. Okay. We literally just met. Where are your friends? Where are the other people in your life? Because we don't really know you. Uh, she's a disaster at this dinner. And then Gina, cause it's, you know, it's on Gina. So she's like, um, I'm going to go to the bathroom 
And Noelle is like, oh, because I don't really know why she's doing this, but she's ordered food and now she's making a big deal about not eating it. Um, And it's making everyone uncomfortable because she's basically just trying to steal the focus and the attention for the camera. Duh. So she's like, everyone look at me. I'm here. I know I'm late. I know I know I'm the outcast because Heather didn't want to invite me, but I'm like not even going to eat. I'm just going to drink. And she's baby voicing me left and right, which is one of my biggest pet peeves that women do. So when Gina and Emily and Noella go to the bathroom, they're trying to be diplomatic and be like, okay, so look, you're kind of being horrible. You're kind of being a total bitch about the food. Like, you know, you ordered dinner. And then you're like, I'm not going to eat it. And just making a big deal out of it. And Noella is like, these girls have drunk the Kool-Aid. These are not the same girls I've been hanging out with. Wow. And and then she's like, is it okay? This is in the real scene. That last bit was in her confessional. But this is in the scene. And she's like, is it okay if I upset Heather Dubro? Is that all right? Because I'm just, I really, I mean, come on. And they are like, mayday. <laughs> we overestimated our skills right now. And because Heather, when she gets mad, this is why, again, I know I've said it 8 million times, you need a Tamra. Because Tamra will loosen Heather up. Because when Things don't go according to Heather's plans. This is a through line for Heather's whole life. We all remember Bo on a cake gate. She gets this look on her face, like her whole face tenses. And it's like, you better. Because she's got it planned out. And nowhere in her itinerary did it say Noella was going to arrive and be a complete asshole about the dinner and the tequila and everything. So... Gina and Emily are in over their heads. That's for sure. So then we get the mid-season trailer again as the preview for next week. And once again, I'm sucked right in. Again, Jen is crying about her husband. So maybe when we get a little realness from that, um, it'll happen. But God, like to go on this show. I mean, she's been with her husband for a while. But to go on this show and then he leaves. Like what timing? You know what I mean? Like just. That is, cameras are rolling, dude, and you are going to leave? Wow, that's that's really leaving her high and dry. So that's it. That's it for the OC. Let's move along to the Vanderpump Rules finale. I don't need to give a scene by scene on this on this because the end result is all we really need. We are we are up in Santa Inez for James and Raquel's engagement party. Something that's very important to know if you don't already. I'm sure you do. You're savvy. But if you don't already know this, it's they all kind of take turns on these shows. Like when Jax and Brittany got engaged, that was all that could happen that year, that season. And now James and Raquel getting engaged on camera, like party and everything thrown, partially paid for by production. This is what is happening this season. 
And so along comes Brock and Sheena, and they've just had a baby. And Brock is coming in with a with a plan. He is like, I am going to milk this opportunity for all the financial opportunity I can get, or financial opportunity, financial gain I can get out of it. And he knows he's got to make a very entertaining show. And so he proposes to Sheena on a balcony because I'm sure he originally thought he was going to be able to do it at some big party Randall through, like when he was like, hey, why don't you host a movie premiere? And it's really our wedding. Um, Sheena and Brock are actually kind of perfect for each other for this reason, because I actually wish we had gotten Brock a few years ago and he had been a staple on this show because he's thirsty and desperate enough. And so is Sheena. And so I, I would have enjoyed his messy, toxic, kind of yucky, not kind of very yucky, tacky ways. I would have enjoyed seeing that with Jax. I would have loved to see those two interact because the show's about trash people and he fits the bill, I tell you. However, this show is just on the fritz. It's just, it's, it's over. So along comes Brock being the thirstiest, most desperate, most shameless guy we've seen in a while. And uh, the show's pretty much canceled. Um, but I, him proposing to Sheena, I'm sure because he thought this is good TV, like this is good TV. And he also realizes that production pays for stuff. Not all of it, but it's like this guy is shopping for a bargain anywhere he can. So with this proposal, Sheena knew, Sheena knew, she knows the rules. She knows that you're not supposed to have like a side-by-side dueling engagement story, proposal, etc. You're not supposed to do that. And if James and Raquel are just going to be ending the season with an engagement party, you don't have a wedding on top of that because that is... Just bad reality TV cast member etiquette. And she knows if this was her situation, oh my God, girl would be, we would never hear the end of it. Let's not forget, she had her engagement party to Shay, and that was when Tom punched Jax. She didn't shut up about it for a whole year. Ruined my engagement party. I think Tom had to like publicly apologize. So, Sheena knew as soon as this whole storyline was developing and Brock was like, so I got a plan. We're going to secretly get married. Her face registered. She's like, this is not good. I'm going to be in a ton of trouble. But we've already we've seen Sheena have a hard time knowing how to like stand her ground. She she gets really nervous. And like when it was the Stassi, Katie, Kristen versus everyone else thing, Sheena was not sure how to play any side. She just ended up pissing off everybody because she doesn't know how to like stay true to herself. So she didn't know how to say to Brock, we can't. There is a rule on these shows. This is James and Raquel's moment. This is what they get to have done. James is going to pay a whole ton of money. Production will, of course, help, but James is still going to front that money. And we can't basically mooch off that location and cameras being there. For the sake of Brock being cheap. (laughs) I don't know. I really, like, how tacky would it have been 
for that to have happened. So okay, let's let's go into the episode. So they're they go um they're up in San Inez and they go to this alpaca farm just as like an activity for them to do. And James and Raquel have gone back to like set up or whatever, be with their family. And Brock stands up and he's like, so guys, uh, I have something to tell you. And Sheena goes, should I stand up with you? And as soon as she stands up, they cut over to Ariana and Tom Sandoval and they're like, oh my God, no, 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 don't do this. And so they announce they announced to this group of people who are there celebrating someone else's engagement. They all know the rules. They all know that when it comes to this, you know, this storyline, you can't, you can't come do, you can't do this. You could find another storyline. Raising your baby could have been a fucking storyline, but you didn't need to do this. So they announce it. And of course, Sheena's grinning from ear to ear and everyone is like dead silent. Like, Oh shit. Does James know? Everyone's like, James is about to literally murder you guys. So get ready. And so for Sheena, now Sheena's in defensive mode because she doesn't have self awareness or ownership over her own actions. She will always just defend and deflect. And sure enough, she's been doing that on Twitter. Like once the episode aired, she, I'll read some tweets in a second. So we get to the engagement party itself. Now, mind you, Raquel is not a reality TV star, so it's not hard to steal the show from her. Um, but that's sort of why it's even more sad. It's like, give the goddamn girl her moment. Give this poor little innocent deer in headlights her moment. Like she's she's doing a speech and it's sweet. She posted something about how like she's so nervous to speak in public and James was helping her. James is literally reading the speech to her and she's reciting it. But why give a speech then? Why is it so important that you give a speech? You just don't like giving speeches. Let James give the speech. Move on. So it's incredibly awkward. But so then we're at the engagement party itself and... Maybe production told Lala to do this. I'm not sure. But when Raquel asks Sheena to be her one of her bridesmaids, Lala's like, really? Because this bitch just tried to steal the show and and said that they were going to try to get married, but then they changed their mind. So Lala goes over to James. I guess I failed to mention that when they announced the proposal, they also... They also said, we were going to get married here secretly, but we decided not to. Uh, and Tom was like, shut up. No, we weren't. Shut your mouth. So now Lala has that information. She sees she sees Raquel say, Sheena, will you be my bridesmaid? And Lala goes over to James. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm shaking. But And then she tells them they were planning on getting secretly married here. The bummer is they didn't actually do it. So now that becomes their argument. So James goes over to Brock and is like, really? James has already called out Brock on this once before when he was like, I'm not like your publicist. Like, you don't get to use me for this shit. First, he was using James to get camera time. He's trying to like talk to James, like be like an older brother to James. And James is like, what the fuck are you actually doing? And then James was getting mad. Like, why do you need me to Shout out your new business. Why are you like harping on me to do that? This just feels very opportunistic. And so 
James is like, you haven't spent a dime here. You are not getting married here. That is not how it works. And Brock is like, well, we didn't do it. Did we do it? And now Sheena's involved and she's furious because she's like, I have sacrificed my whole, I have not even worn my ring out of respect for you. As if that's supposed to like make it better. It backfires on her because then Raquel, sweet, lovable, kind Raquel goes, well, actually, I'm more upset that you didn't tell me. I'm like your best friend. And now I'm the last to know that you're engaged. So Sheena was screwed from both sides. She screwed because she was planning this secret wedding. And then she screwed because she didn't tell sweet, loving Raquel that she was engaged. And Raquel's like, I'm the last to know and Sheena goes, save the best for last. I would have just pushed her down to the ground. Shut your mouth. I swear. So it, it goes back and forth. And eventually, uh, James, because, you know, James is, I don't blame him. James is mad. And he's like, get this loser out of here. So he tells Brock to leave. And Sheena is like, wait, I don't want to leave. So Sheena stays at the party and lets Brock leave. But before Brock leaves, he puts the ring on her finger. So she walks back into the party, lets her man leave by himself and has the goddamn ring on. So many things are wrong with it. She's just all wrong. But I'm going to read one of the tweets that she was posting because, of course, she was on a Twitter campaign to defend herself, defend her honor. And it's just zero self-reflection. So someone tweeted to her, um, she still needed to be in the spotlight by telling everyone about it. And then she wrote, so should I have just not shared happy news in my life because we were celebrating our friends the following day? It's just so Sheena. She also posted, uh, tweeted, why can't anyone be happy for me? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just so Sheena. It's like, what are you talking about? Everyone is happy for you. We all, tr the problem is we try to be happy for you. My friend Pia said something perfect. She said, every season, I, I think it's impossible for her to be worse than she was before. And yet she somehow manages to do it. So here we are. Sheena, you are, you're a mess. But I'm telling you, we really missed out on Brock. I wish he had come on like three seasons ago. Because I, I would have loved to have watched Jackson Brock and James. I would have loved to see all that. And Sheena coming to Brock's defense. Like, think of the possibilities. But instead, James isn't a Jax. Like, James he just freaks out too quickly and gets like his the type of mad he gets you kind of I know you don't feel you don't feel bad for him but you're like this is this isn't like Jax just seems like nothing is necessarily wrong with Jax he is just a naturally horrible person as we're with James you can tell something is like wrong with James Jax comes from like a good family I guess at least he likes to say that after his dad died, he was like, he was the best guy in the world. We were so close. But people have said like, that is not the case. Um, but I think people do that a lot when someone dies. Like if you're watching true crime, 
whenever someone's it's like they were the best they just lit up a room their smile was infectious you know so but but james has james comes from like a rough family like his mom and his dad are dark and so it just feels like something's wrong and you want to kind of like you want james to go to therapy as right with jacks you're like there's no hope this guy this guy's fucking there's no hope okay so finale that's it no more no more of this tragic season i'm so glad it's over oh my god um we get the reunion the reunion trailer is kind of fun i'm not gonna lie they did a good job with it um we love seeing charlie calling out sheena uh again we need more charlie on our screen so when they do the tom tom spinoff i'm acting like it's really happening it's just in my mind it has to be because it would be so it would be so good because then we could still get little glimpses of these guys um and i i also want to say something i i do still respect and appreciate these people for what they've given us was this a bad season yeah should it be their last season yeah however they have given so much to the reality tv gods they've shown the ugliest sides of their lives and not not held much back so they've earned their success their fame their notoriety their money they've earned all of it but it's time for them to branch out and if it's a sandwich shop called something about her, so be it. Um, but let's get them in like doses. So let's do a Tom Tom spinoff and then the whole cast can come in for dinner, drinks, act up, whatever, like little cameos. Um, or they could be like the B plot as opposed to like they can be like the Lisa Vanderpump now. Cause like when Vanderpump was the only successful one, amongst these restaurant workers they'd have scenes where they were like listening to lisa's advice now they can be that and it'll be even more fun because we're like don't listen to anything they say they're idiots so uh charlie is going to be coming for sheena uh for being thirsty as hell and i just like sheena trying to come for charlie and charlie's like girl i did this all right like i can eat you up no problem um, Lala's crying in the, in the reunion trailer, Lala's crying about Randall betraying her. And I don't know. It just feels like it's not, I don't believe her. I don't believe that she's truly blind, been blindsided by this. Um, because she's so savvy or at least she, at least she purports to be. Um, is that a word? Did I just even say a word purport? I'll look it up. You can go ahead and come after me for making up a word. But she just, I don't know. I It seems like she totally knew that this was a possibility and she wanted a kid so that she could, you know, get money. I don't know. That's really fucked up, isn't it? Because I'm sure she's in a lot of pain because it was some pretty ugly stuff that came out. Um, If she really was oblivious, I think it seems like she's kind of blaming the boys for not telling her about it. Uh, clearly they knew something so i don't know the trick i will watch the reunion obviously you don't watch a whole season and not watch a reunion but that will be the last of vanderpump rules mark my words i'm sure i'm not the only one saying that um 
So yeah, there's my Vanderpump Rules recappy. Uh, my dogs are going crazy, so I'm going to take a quick break, and we will get into Real Housewives of Miami. All right, we are in Miami. We are loving it. We are happy. We are thriving because two weeks ago was a total filler episode. There's always one to two, sometimes three, depending on the franchise. And last week was was that. This week? This week? Oh, this week we got a lot. Okay. this It opens with Nicole and her dad. They're finishing up their lunch. My heart breaks for Nicole because I, I've never had this issue with a parent, but I've had a boyfriend that I've had a couple of boyfriends with drinking problems and you know that they're there, but they're just not there. And it's a very lonely feeling. It's kind of a betrayal too. And he's talking about how he's going to have more kids. And I hope this is just the alcohol talking, but he's a mess. Like he's just a slimy, sweaty, drunk guy. And she leaves him. She's, she leaves. She's like, I'm tapping out. And she takes off and, and he looks at production. He's like, what was that about? He can't even say the word. She's like, you show up intoxicated. He's like, I'm not into, I'm not, she's like, you can't even say the word. So she gets in her car and she calls her mom. And her mom was like, so he made an asshole of himself. I'm not surprised. Uh, so, uh, just my heart breaks. But anyway, let's take us right to the fun part because they go to the Hamptons. Larsa puts together a trip to the Ham- the Hamptons because she's doing something with her jewelry line. I'm not sure exactly what. I I need to start paying more attention to those things, but it, it's all kind of the same crap, you know. So. She gets a house with five bedrooms and there's what, eight of them? Nine? Nine of them? There's a lot of them. It's a pretty, it's a nice size cast, I must say. And so the room wars start and Adriana is basically pulling a Sonia. Housewives and their bathtubs, I tell you. So Adriana sees the master and she's like, this is my room. Julia is being a sweetheart and she's like, nope. I'm so sorry. I have the hiccups. She's like, no, no, no. We can't take this room. And Adriana's like, watch me. Check this out. So she just takes off her clothes and gets in the bathtub. Very Meredith Marks. Very Sonia Morgan. There's something with housewives and bathtubs. They symbolize something for them. (laughs) They're like, see me? I'm in the bath. This is power. And obviously, Larsa is pissed but it's funny seeing larsa pissed it's very it feels it feels very familiar it's kind of like the kardashian anger where they will get mad but you know they'll shake it off right away so she's like you came in she's yelling at adriana she's like you came in so aggressive so aggressive this does not sway our adriana at all she stays in that bathtub she stays in that bathtub and talks about how lisa and larsa are like diva 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 they think they should have the best of everything and adriana's like uh larsa just got 
back in this group, okay? You've been gone for 10 years, and now you think you can come in and be Queen Bee? I don't think so. What we're seeing is a bunch of people who are worthy of the title of housewife. Every single one of them is in their own power and strength and can handle the other one. It is intense, but so, so good. And Lisa, 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 I personally hated Lisa in this whole thing. I don't like entitled, spoiled women. And it's it's honestly a test. To be a housewife, you better be able to go on a cast trip. Okay? It's a requirement of the position. Alrighty? So her whole, I don't share a room. She's being such a bitch. And by the way, before she left, her and her husband were not good. She's like, Lenny probably can't wait for me to leave because he'll have some peace and quiet. So I don't know why I felt the need to bring that up, but it just really added to this like bratty. I don't know. I, I'm sure some people really love it. I Maybe it's a jealousy on my part because I can't be this way. I'm too much, I'm too busy like apologizing for my mere existence to be like, nope, I'm getting the best fucking room. But, and she says, she's like, I would have just gotten, I would have just got a hotel. And that totally seems like um, a plausible idea, but there's a reason why you all stay in the same house and it's called cameras. They're not going to split up the crew. You don't get to go. Believe me, I'm sure these women would love some time away from the cameras because you kind of forget they're there and you do a lot and they capture everything. And so a break from it's probably nice, but that's that's not, nope, that's not how this works. I don't think so. So she's being a total bitch. And Alexia is basically like, who do you think you are? And she's just not having it. And I would be pretty much the exact same way. I would be Alexia in this moment. It would be very hard for me to, I'd have to walk away and like be out of earshot of this in order to keep my cool. Because I would not, I would not handle this at all. And then this leads to an amazing fight between Lisa and Alexia. And then Nicole tries to like kind of get in the way. I, I really didn't see this coming. Um, but Lisa, she goes into some room and Alexia says something and she's like, look, I don't, you need to watch your tone with me. And Marisol then like, it's, Marisol is loyal to no end. And so she's like, mm, okay, so we're doing this. We're, we're doing this. And she has Alexia's back, but then Nicole has Lisa's back. And we find out, I forget that Alexia is the one who brought Nicole into the group. That's what she says. Um, so th- there's a whole thing. And Nicole's issue with Alexia is that she feels like Alexia is being kind of a mean girl and not including them and in- including the new people. Kind of this this hierarchy. I'm sure it, I'm actually, to be honest, I'm sure it feels like that. There's got to be a bit of that seniority. Like we did this first. This is our thing. I'm sure it's really hard not to do that. So Nicole's picking up on that and she's not loving it. So. 
they kind of hash it out, I guess. There's sort of. But when Nicole says to her, like, you don't need to come at her like that. You don't need to say it like that. Talking about how Alexia speaks to Lisa. And Alexia goes, I love how I am. This is how I am. I love it. I'm amazing. This is the confidence a housewife needs. She's possibly lacking a little self-awareness. Um, but she still apologized. Like when Lisa sits down and she's like, the way you came at me, it hurt my feelings and made me feel attacked. Alexia does say, if that's how you felt, I am sorry. So she says it. She says she's sorry. That's a huge deal. Okay. So what's happening now is everyone's on a vacation and emotions are already running high. Everyone's being sensitive. What does that mean? Good TV. Okay. So they're all settled into their rooms and Alexia calls Todd and she's like in the living room or something. And (laughs) while she's on the phone with Todd, Nicole's hair person shows up and Alexia's in the middle of a sentence and she sees this happening and her jaw is just open, like in disbelief. And Todd's like, hello, are you still there? She's like, oh, and then they cut to her confessional and she's like, did you seriously bring your hair person from Miami to the Hamptons? Like, how much of a diva are you? Now, I'm telling you what that is, is like old school versus new school. They probably, glam wasn't a thing back in the day when they were doing this. So she's not having it. She's not having this. And Marisol, she 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 comes down and she's like, um, Nicole has her hair person here. And she's like, I can't. I'm like, I can't even. And Nicole brings her hair person to Lisa, who, of course, is like, thank you. And then Lisa has some bitchy confessional where she's like, where she's like, I'm sorry. I like to look good. And if you don't like to look good, I'm sorry. You don't like to take care of yourself. It's like, OK, I, I'm not going to. You're not my people. All right. I'm sure you have a group of people that like you. I'm not in it. So I'm very much Team Marisol and Team Alexia. Okay? 100%. So they go to they go to their little dinner. They have this amazing chef, Chef Marco. He's cooking mussels and clams and just very seafood-heavy, beautiful, delicious, glamorous. This home is gorgeous. Um, it, it's fabulous. I need to – I've never been to the Hamptons and if I ever do go to the Hamptons, I have to do it like this. Otherwise, I'm not like slumming it in an Airbnb. Okay. I'm going to have like a realtor find a house <laughs> to make it real. And I need a chef. I'm going to have to save up for like 20 years before I can do it. Um, so Marisol. Oh, wait, hold on. Right before that, they're, when they're getting ready in the room, in their rooms, whatever, um, it was really fucking cute. Marisol grabs a picture. She brought a framed picture of her mom and she's like, kiss mom. And Alexia kisses the picture. And then it makes, it makes Marisol kind of cry, not kind of cry. She's totally crying. She's like, she would never tolerate this. She would tell everybody to just have fun and, and knock it off. And then they do this great montage of Mama Elsa. And you really see how much Marisol has embodied her mom now that her mom is gone. She definitely let her mom take the spotlight and be the character that she is, but it's it was a sweet little moment. So anyway, that's just me pointing out how much I love Marisol. So at the dinner now, Marisol gives no fucks. 
she goes, let's play a game. Let's play who do you trust the least? <laughs> it's like, um, okay, you're not even disguising this. Like, you clearly just want to start a fight. And she's like, Nicole, I don't trust you. And it's on. It's on. Adriana even says in her confessional, she's like, Marisol is so nice, but when you piss her off, she will destroy you. And that is what Marisol is doing. It's like she can sniff out fake evil, whatever, like the, there's some sort of energy that she can suss out. And if she doesn't like it, she's going to call. It's also because she went, Nicole went for Alexia in that fight earlier. And Marisol was like, guess what, bitch? I'm coming for you. Nicole holds her own because this is a lot. Marisol goes, you talk shit about Larsa and Lisa. And I know firsthand, I know from people that we're good friends with, they told me that you called Larsa a hooker for being on OnlyFans and you made fun of Lisa's style and her house. And Nicole is stunned. Because like, she was probably being a little shady and catty um, about, I mean, she seems like she, I could see her being a little gossip and a little maybe judgmental. And this causes Larsa to snap. And I, it was really fun to see Larsa get mad. She's good at it. I was like, ooh, yes, I'm kind of scared of you. But she will not fucking tolerate that. You could tell she gets like ghetto. Like it's very Kim. It reminds me of Kim Kardashian. And um, Larsa goes, all right, you want to play this game? I heard about you. And I heard that you were dating a school teacher who was poor, broke. And you dumped his ass for your man now, Anthony, who's rich and successful. Well, Nicole doesn't flinch. She goes, nope, I was separated from Lenny for two Lenny's her ex for two whole years before I met Anthony. And then um Larsa's like, I didn't judge you though. I you know, I just I didn't judge you because you had a kid out of wedlock. It, it's it's like okay, but she's with the person that she had the kid with. So it doesn't it's not that scandalous. It's not like it's someone else. Even if it was, it's like, hi. But that's so Larsa to say that. That's very like old school, traditional, you know what I mean? And so they are going back and forth though. And Lisa starts to talk and Larsa goes, stay out of it like you always do. (laughs) Good Lord. I mean, savagery. And Marisol is like, no, there's more. I know a lot more. Okay. And Maris and Adriana just goes, Marisol, peel the whole banana. (laughs) what a line i am gonna totally steal that peel the whole banana just say it and marisol is just sticking by it she's like i know so much so many things you said you were just talking shit just judging and talking shit and now you're their best friend and alexia is like you know you are the biggest gossip okay nicole like you need to stop they just i mean they came for her she held it down. At one point, she gives a good monologue. She's like, look, have I been, have I said some shit here and there? Yeah, but I have also changed my mind. I've also gotten to know you people. If you guys want to tell me that you don't judge others based on how they look and what they put on social media, you're lying. And it kind of shuts them up. 
And then Julia comes to her defense. Julia, the queen earth mama, is like, okay, guys, like she said she didn't say it. Basically, back off. I'm sure this is edited, so there's probably even more we didn't see. This probably went on for like an hour. Uh, But I was impressed that Nicole handled it. Like it was like a test, honestly. And I think she passed. Am I still team Marisol and Alexia? Obviously. But I can really respect the effort. Okay, Nicole was strong enough to sit there for, and take it from Larsa, Alexia, and Marisol, with Lisa sitting next to her being told that she was like, at one point, it was all, all she did was say apparently that her house was not the same style that she would choose. And Lisa was like, I don't care. <laughs> Lisa's like, Liz is not important. Um, but yeah, then we get the trailer for for next week and i can't quite tell what's happening in this preview it looks like drama could happen but the way they edited it it's like it looks it, i don't know it might it looks a little baity like they may again not have another huge episode or maybe it's just bad editing peacock is still figuring out what they're doing i think with these shows because the promo for uh not this week that we just like not today for me, it's today. It's Thursday, um, Thursday the twentieth. In case you, you know, were curious, but it's uh, last week they teased like it was going to be some huge thing that Alexia got this news and she's crying and and Nicole's off to the side saying, "Oh yeah, Gertie's breaking the news to her now," and it was like, "What could it be? What?" And it just ended up being that the venue pulled out. So they kind of did that thing where they teased it. Bravo does it too. Where they tease it like some big thing's about to happen. And then you're like, oh, that's, I hate when they do that. I hate, hate, hate it. It's a cheap trick. It's a dirty trick. And it's unnecessary. So I'm not really sure what's about to happen next week, but it's going to be good. I love these women. I love all these women. They filmed the reunion. I think it was yesterday. Uh, Right? Yeah, Wednesday. They filmed it Wednesday. I am sure it'll be good, but I feel like they've been pretty good at like saying it to each other's faces. There hasn't been too much um, stuff that they're not willing to just do right there in the scene. They're they're pretty badass, I gotta say. Alrighty, so that's Miami. So let's move along to the Summer House premiere. So they're back and this time we get we get to see more because last season they were like quarantined to the max. They they got there in like an incubator and then they were just like forced to stay in the house. They could not really leave at all. And um this time we get we get I I, I do like seeing them have their city life. Um, I don't think any of them have those jobs anymore where they have to rush back to the city like they did in the early days, which I love. I hope they don't because I hate, hate, hate when they do that. It gives me secondhand Sunday scaries when they're like hungover on a Monday, waking up at five in the morning to get back to the city for work. I'm like, oh, my God, the anxiety I feel. I don't think any of them have those types of jobs anymore. So so we're good. Um. 
they all are arriving and we have some new people. We've got Maya, who is Paige's friend. We have Alex, who is whose friend? Andrea's? And Andrea was from Winterhouse, so now he probably feels a little bit more secure uh, amongst the group. I'm assuming that's his friend. It's got to be. Um, Alex is a personal trainer, and he loves his protein and loves working out. So we'll see how much we get from him. He 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 claims to be the opposite of a ladies' man, and honestly, I like that. I like that we're gonna have just a nice guy. Will he last for more than a season? I don't know. Will he deliver? I don't know. We'll see. But um, Paige and Andrea, they're coming. She has some balls, I tell you. I just, I, I would kill for two things, her body and her confidence. Because her and Andrea came back to the city after Winterhouse and we're seeing each other for a little bit. And shortly after that, she started seeing Craig. And Andrea seems to be like, when he when he does his interview, he's like, so Paige and I were talking, and then she just disappeared. So the fact that they were talking, and then Paige just kind of ghosted him, knowing they were going to come do Summer House together, and didn't bother like, kind of patching that up, or at least giving it some clarity prior to filming. I mean, that's just impressive. Like, damn. But now, of course, now that he can't like get a hold of her, um, he's like, I want her. Although I think she said it's murky. I think she said that he wanted to be exclusive. And then she started seeing Craig. Obviously, Craig is the better choice. She doesn't really have anything in common with Andrea. Um, but anyway, they're they're there, and Luke gets a lake check-in per use. The house is fabulous. They clearly learned some lessons from last year, because last year was this really weird layout of a house, and they all complained about it, and it was, but this house is fab. And they go out to dinner the first night, and it is like, mwah, fabulous classic summer house you've got uh the new people are like just trying to get to know everyone so they're sort of going around the table and being like okay are you in a relationship what are you doing Lindsay's at the end of the table unaware of this conversation going on and she's talking to danielle so she doesn't know that they're going like around the table and Paige, <laughs> shady queen she's like i'm single so is andrea isn't andrea single and he's like, yeah, I, I'm single, single. And she's like, mm-hmm, very single. I was like, damn. So next next to Paige is Lindsay. So they go, Lindsay, what about you? Lindsay has no idea they've done this. So she just thinks they have singled her out. And obviously we find out later why she's on edge about it. But her face is like death. She's like, why? They're like, Oh, like what's happening with Jason? She's like, it's called dating. Okay. I'm dating. Total attitude. And so then Carl thinks he can help her out. Carl's like, Lindsay, we're cool. We're just, and she's like, oh, really? Great. And he's like, okay, okay. I think she's, 
trying to say, guys, that she's open to maybe meeting someone new. And Lindsay goes, thank you so much for supporting me. <laughs> he goes, you're welcome. She goes, fuck you. <laughs> she goes, don't ever tell me. Don't ever yell at me. And everyone's like, no, <laughs> Lindsay, that is not. No one was doing that. Literally nobody was doing that. And Paige's face, she's probably looking at Maya and she's like, Ooh, this is, we're not surprised. This is what happens. It was awesome. It was hilarious. So they go into like the clubby area or maybe it's the same place. Maybe it's a different place. I don't know. Uh, but they get to go clubbing. And this is where you do realize you need them to go out and party. It's kind of like with Vanderpump Rules. I would never go to a club. I'm already tired just thinking about it, but I like watching. I like watching the debauchery and, you know, they have to subtitle what they're saying because it's so loud. And they all come back except Kyle. So Kyle stays at that club with like a producer or at least a cameraman. And Amanda is furious. And just to point out that before they went to dinner, Amanda and Kyle were talking about something and Kyle said something like, well, he was kind of drunk. And Amanda's like, how many of those have you had? And he's like, this is my first one of this flavor. And look, here's a battle that as a partner, you'll never win. If you are with someone who you think drinks too much but they remain defensive over their drinking. You're never going to win. Because Kyle from day one has been the blackout drunk guy. From day one, he's continuously done it. He did it on Winter House. He passes out everywhere. And I think, I, I, we don't think, we know. First, Kyle got blackout and cheated on Amanda. And he didn't even remember. So there's that. Um, so her insecurity around his drinking is valid. It's not completely implausible that Kyle could get blackout and do it again. Um, so I know this is a touchy subject because people get very afraid of saying someone has a drinking problem. But I have to be honest. So I don't drink anymore. Um, I totally was a problem drinker, but I've come to find that most drinkers are. Alcohol is sort of designed to fuck you up, you know, and the people that have that control that just want to get a little buzz. Those are the people that are like, wow, you guys really have your lives together. Like you can handle alcohol. Um, but in reality, most people don't, most people drink way too much, and for Kyle to know that he's cheated on Amanda, I think he cheated on her twice, um, that he's fucked up when he's drunk and still not adjust that lifestyle and that behavior. Yeah, he's never gonna. And it's only going to get darker because I can't remember if he's 40 yet, but he's late 30s, almost 40 and drinking only gets darker on people. Like the older you get, it just gets darker and darker. And the anger gets more and more prevalent. The fun drunk guy goes away. 
Plus, I bet Amanda's not attracted to that. Like when Kyle gets all wasted and falls asleep with popcorn on his chest, that's fine once in a while, but having it be all the time. And so Amanda's sobbing. She's in bed sobbing and she goes into the bathroom, breaks Kyle's stuff, packs his suitcase and puts it outside. Extreme and toxic? Absolutely. However, this is clearly a dynamic that they have in their relationship. This is not her. This is like her millionth time. She's at her wit's end. I'm I'm in no way defending it. What I'm saying is um most relationships are fucked up and this is a fucked up relationship, unfortunately. Um the girls Sierra and Paige come in and they lay in the bed with Amanda and she's just sobbing and she tells them about how just a few weekends ago he was out and he wouldn't come home and so my mom sent a car and and it brought me to her house um so this is her life her life is trying to tell him I don't want you to be drinking like this and him saying "Eh, I'm just having fun and the reason I call that problem drinking is because if alcohol is more important than the person you love, that's a problem. I'm sure if they took alcohol out of that relationship, they would be so much happier for Amanda, at least. You know, I'm sure she doesn't want to fuck drunk Kyle. And I've been with multiple people who had drinking problems. And I know that feeling like when they get drunk and when they have a that type of buzz where they get like slurry and sloppy and check out um it's like you start to count how many drinks they have you start to it starts to run your life so unfortunately this is their dynamic we all know they're married every relationship has its issues um so what they get divorced okay they tried If that happens and it's because Kyle can't control his drinking, well then, guys, I think that's a problem. Um, I know Kyle is too afraid of that, but this this has come up in conversation so many times. Um, And it's not like Kyle hasn't been problematic when he drank. He's got, remember, he like screamed at Luke and he gets angry and throws and gets ragey, you know? So... Amanda's at her wit's end, and the healthy thing for her to do at this point would be to end the relationship. However, I'm pretty sure that that would mean she'd have to, like, leave the show, right? Because, cause, like, yeah, right? Um, I mean, how could they break up or divorce at this point and stay on the show? That would be weird. I mean, it'd be really interesting, but... One would have to go, and Kyle is the OG. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty dark. Kyle do- does eventually come home. It's really funny because the girls pretend to be asleep. Like, they hear him coming up, and they're like, pretend to be asleep. And he's like, whoa, Jesus Christ. And then he sees all of his shit is broken. The girls sneak out. Amanda goes and sleeps in the spare room, probably going to be Luke's room. And... The next morning, this is the worst part about having a boyfriend with a drinking problem, is the next day, you're not going to get shit out of them because they're hungover. And so they're 
grumpy and extra mean. And Kyle is like, I mean, I've just had this exact conversation where he knows, he knows this is supposed to stop. He knows they're in therapy, we find out, that she, Amanda got a therapist to try to explain to him why this is so difficult for her. And supposedly, Kyle heard her when they were in therapy, but clearly not in this moment because he's like, you're going to really make a big deal out of this. It's like not a big deal. We're just having fun. It's our first night. And she's like, Kyle, like, please. And he's just gaslighting her into thinking. I mean, look, she broke his stuff. This is the problem with this dynamic, this type of thing that goes on for too long. Then you start acting crazy. Then you start being psycho. Like she was drunk too. So she's, they go into the bathroom and and he starts screaming at her, screaming at her. And from the way it's edited, it makes, it seems like they can hear him from the kitchen. Um, and she walks out of the bathroom and that's the end of it. And it's ju- it's just a dark thing to see. It's really dark to see that because it's like, oh, you guys got married. Like, for real, you guys got married. So, so yeah. Um, it's going to be a great season, though. <laughs> We're going to get so much drama. We're going to get... So it looks like Austin and Lindsay are going to start seeing each other. And... Oh, you got I, I, I totally left something out and I really need to get into it. I'm sorry. I, I, I got I got very sidetracked. Um, in addition to this fight with Amanda and Kyle the next day, Carl goes into Lindsay's room to check on her because he's like, I gave her a night to chill, but now I need to be like, are you okay? And she tells him that the reason it was such a sore subject, you know, her relationship status was because she had been pregnant and had a miscarriage that landed her in the ER. She's so strong when she tells that she's not crying. She's just so strong. And Carl, knowing that they're together now and knowing that they are are happy, watching this scene and watching Carl just support her and be, be really impressed and proud of her for being so strong. He even calls her a strong woman. I'm getting choked up thinking about it. It's so sweet um, and real because we've watched them together for so long and they had such a horrible attempt at dating before but Carl was like a different person then so that scene was major hub house for life if if Lindsay left the show just cancel it honestly she gives us so much um she's really a reality star that that earns her paycheck earns her fame earns all of it because she shows everything but anyway, at some point in this season, so Lindsay and Carl don't get together, I guess, until Amanda's, Amanda and Kyle's wedding is when he starts to look at her different. He was just on Watch What Happens Live with Kyle and was like, Andy says uh, that that uh, Lindsay did an interview with Page Six and said, you guys haven't quite given yourself the boyfriend-girlfriend label yet. And Carl's like, no, we're boyfriend-girlfriend. And I mean, my heart, like... I knew they should get together. I knew it. 
Um, but Lindsay and Austin are going to be hooking up, which is going to piss off Sierra. And then we know Sierra and Danielle get into a physical fight with Sierra throwing a glass at her. Um, we're going to get to see Paige and Craig and Andrea. And I have to say, like, having this crossover of shows is so fun because it's like in Bachelor Nation. If I'm not a Bachelor person, but I know that Bachelor Nation is a thing where like once you're on the show and you become somewhat successful from the show, you're like in. And so it's like so-and-so is dating so-and-so. And it's like a sorority and a fraternity. This is kind of like that for us, but for Bravo, because no one else understands what it's like to be on these shows other than these people. So Craig understands the assignment, to be honest. He he knows how to stir up some drama and be a good reality TV star. And he has leveraged his position on reality TV into a full blown sewing career. Like he started sewing pillows and now has sewing down south, a storefront online business turned to a storefront. Like that's so as messy as Craig is and as toxic as Craig is, Paige kind of is too. So. They sort of work. They make sense to me. They, I want to see them 10 years from now still together just because I want to see what that journey, what that, what does that look like? You know, we've never had people on these shows hook up like this. So we're going to get that. Um, I can't remember what else happens. I, I don't know. I guess Luke is there. I really just don't like Luke. But anyway, we got a great season ahead. It was so fun watching. It was like, having my old friends back, you know? Um, okay. Let's move along to Salt Lake City. The fight on the bus continues. Jen is wasted beyond repair. Like, oh my God. She's um blackout. Like there's no other term for it because like there's no way Lisa Barlow you can tell Lisa's still measured. Like, yes, she gets mad, but like you could see, you can literally watch her build up to the to being like, I'm shutting down, stay the fuck away from me. Which unfortunately was the worst thing she could have done. It's kind of like when you're if you work security. Or you're trying to like kick someone out who's been drinking too much in your bar. You don't get aggressive with them because they already are looking for an opportunity to get aggressive. So Jen was already on 20. And then when Barlow was like, I'm shutting the fuck down. Leave me alone. Jen was like, you have just fueled my anger. And she was like, like her anger was starting to dwindle and she needed. And she was like, yes. So then she gets up in her face. And Lisa's clearly trying to get around her. She won't move, which is a physical, threatening thing to do. Okay? So she, and and I, I listened to, and I watched this so many damn times. Jen's like, sit your ass down. Excuse me? No. You let her move around you. Like, you should not be trapping her at the back of the bus. And so... Uh, Lisa keeps like kind of pushing she's like kind of pushing Jen like get away from me and 
Jen starts lun- lunging forward and the producer, Shanae, we love Shanae, she's trying to grab Jen. And Jen is saying, she's like, push me one more fucking time. And that's when Lisa goes down to the ground and not the ground, I'm sorry, the ground, but da- like sits down because Whitney's holding her back. And that's when that's when Lisa's like, you want to go? Mm, you want to go? But Jen, being so wasted, Jen's like, in her, even in her professional, she's like, oh, yeah. And then Lisa Barlow, I don't know, is like, come on, bring it. Come on. Like, what was that? Girl, it's on camera. Okay. Like, you are not going to spin this and make us think that Lisa antagonized this situation. And she's the one who made it turn physical. She wanted to move and you wouldn't let her. And blocking someone like that, that's, that's not good. So, so yeah. Um, Shanae is a queen. She, like, <laughs> what a strange job. She's, she's like, okay, I'll be the one riding in the bus with them. And then they get in this fight and there's no one that can, there's no way to call back up or anything. So it's just like her trying to calm things down. <laughs> so she's just like sitting with Jen and, um, Shanae is like she's obviously facing towards the other women just because she needs to make sure she knows what's coming and at one point Jen's like standing up to scream some more and sort of move towards Lisa and Shanae just puts her she just puts her left hand up and just like holds it she's like texting with the other hand and it's just like holding Jen back like what a day at the office for Shanae and is there was there or like because this is just them on the bus so it's not like they're like it's not like they're watching from like a command center the bus footage, or are they? Is there like a video village? And if you don't know what that is on set, that's where like the monitors are, and there's usually like the directors there, the whatever. Um, so are they like sitting back and watching the footage, and they're like mayday, mayday, mayday. Alert. Shanae's under attack. Well, no, Shanae was just breaking up the fight, but like, obviously it's, we can't, we can't have them actually beat each other up. We can do like the threatening of it, but we really can't have the actual physical thing happen. And so then Jen, she's, now she's in, she's, she's done the rage. So now she's in full drunk cry breakdown. She's like, I can't take any more of this. Do you even know? Do you even know that the reason they have nothing on me? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't do the Jen voice for longer because it's just horrible. She just screeches. She's like, the reason they have nothing on me is because there's nothing. This is just because, because somebody, Mary and, and Meredith, <laughs> they, they did something. I mean, but then Whitney, like, indulges it. Whitney's like, Jen, if this is true, we have to ask them. I'm like, no. You guys have, you've read the articles. You know by now that this isn't something like that they're, her cast member of one year called and they were like, we're listening to you and only you. We have no, we have nothing else to go on. You've called. We believe you. So we're going to send three different federal agencies out there. I mean, come on now. Um, so somehow it calms down. 
And Jen is now like total drunk, defeated. Like she's had her rage, she's had her cry, and now she's like, she's in, you know, little tiny baby tired Jen. They get the Lisa, I, I gotta say, Lisa bounced back pretty good too. Like Jen, we've seen go crazy and bounce back, but like Lisa, she, she handled that really well. She calls John, of course, when she, and she's like, Jenny, how would you describe that? She like kind of tries to glaze over it. Like she, she's like, "Oh no, we like almost fought." Like it was wild. But anyway, um, Heather says that Jen. She's like, Jen is drinking a lot. I haven't seen her drink like this in a while. And I'm like, we have. This is pretty much all we've seen of Jen. Is Jen blacking out? Last year, the flapper party, Whitney's twenties thing, or whatever. She, uh, Jen was so drunk that she didn't remember saying, you're going to go with Mary who fucks her grandfather. She didn't remember saying that because when Mary confronted her about it, Mary's like, you called me a grandpa fucker. She's like, no, I didn't. And then in her confessional, she's like, I was pretty drunk that night. I don't remember saying that. And that's it. She doesn't say, so I'm sorry. No, she just says that. Um, so yeah, we get. We get we we knew that Jen was drinking, but I'm glad that they're actually addressing it because she's hammered this entire episode. Um, like this, they're at they're they're in um, Zion, and they're at wherever they are. This pool area was very like it wasn't it wasn't very housewives. So I'm not really sure what the appeal of Zion is, other than it's like a spiritual healing type place. Um, so. When they go to the pool, Jen's all wasted and she's like falling in the pool repeatedly while she tries to stand on the floaties, um, almost killing Jenny, who is unable to swim in the deep end on a floaty while Jen like rocks it back and forth, standing up and then eventually falls in the pool. Um, so she's a hot mess. But the dark cloud arrives. And I call that the dark cloud because Meredith and Mary have decided that they don't need to participate in everything that's on on the production schedule. And this is a big problem for Housewives. It's happened on other shows. The one that comes to mind right away is when Dorit was late to Teddy's retreat. And Kyle would not let it go. And it was just like, Kyle, what is wrong with you? So she did some interviews. Um, like they do, they do little press tours. And the question was like, why was that so annoying to you that Dorit was late? And Kyle explains that she's like, we never thought we could miss or be late to something for filming. Like that was, that was not what you did back in the day because that wasn't allowed. And so I was, do this is Kyle talking. She's like, I was doing Halloween and I was filming Housewives and I was flying back and forth and I managed to be there on time. I was exhausted. Uh, and then Dorit's like, I'm going to be late. And then she's just doing glam and taking photos. It just really pissed me off. I kind of get that because it's like if you've worked somewhere for like five years and they've always been like really difficult about taking vacation and then a new person comes in and like right away they get vacation approved and you're like wow it's like how come they get that privilege and i don't and so kind of same goes for mary meredith 
they all are getting paid to be there. Why do you guys get to get out of this stuff? And it just doesn't make for a fun connection with the group. That being said, it's a very healthy decision. To be honest, the healthiest decision would be not to do this show. That is how you could maintain inner peace. Uh, but yeah. So they arrive late and Whitney has planned this Earth Mama. I think it's called the Red Earth Ceremony. And I personally wouldn't have been excited about this either. But Whitney put it together, clearly went over it with production. And Mary and Meredith are in no hurry to leave. Even though schedule wise, I don't know if Mary and Meredith were just really, really late. Seems like it. Um, and the idea was that they'd arrive and have a few hours to get ready. But it's like they arrived and it was like, you, we are leaving. And Whitney, when she goes to Meredith's door, Meredith gives her this look like, get the fuck out of my face with cameras. And Whitney's like, I just come in whatever you're wearing. We have to go. We're going to lose the light. And Mary's face or Meredith's face is like, okay. And she makes a phone call. I feel like she called like the producer. I feel like she was like, what's this red earth ceremony shit? I just got here. And the producer was probably like, well, Whitney planned it. We have, it's on the schedule. Like it's on the schedule. And whoever Mary's producer is, was probably like, okay, Mary, we got to go. And she's like, no, just no. So Whitney's in a tizzy. Meredith is being pissy, not wearing all white, wearing a very weird denim outfit. Um, but they do this ceremony thing with Bettina, who's Whitney's like healer person. And Mary's back just getting ready. She's like, I don't do this. I don't, I don't, I don't plan something right when I arrive somewhere. Um, but, uh, so they all talk about the things they're releasing. Cause of course, this is a ceremony with self help stuff. So you gotta like, what are you letting go of? And they all talk about the different things they're letting go of. And then they start walking around and this like path thing. And then they get out these, <laughs> they each get like a drum with the drum that bang, what do they call that? Drumstick? I don't know. Doesn't matter. And I couldn't quite get what the point of it was. But so Bettina's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to drum our name. So, so it's like, Bettina. And then they all keep doing it. And Mary arrives right here. And to be fair, this is the most ridiculous part so far. Up until this point, it's been pretty mellow. But now we're doing the weird drums thing. And so not the best moment for Mary to arrive because it really just fuels her judgment. And so the shot is them in the circle doing the thing with the drums and Mary walking towards it. And you see Mary just kind of stop. Like she's like, I've gone far enough. And Bettina's like, uh, did you want to join? She's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. From afar. She's still far away from the circle. She's, I'm good. I'm good. I don't. Mm -mm, we're good. We're good. <laughs> so rude. But I mean, to be expected. So they're done with that. They they have no light. Like there's literally no light out there. So it's like pitch black when the sun goes down. And um they go back to their hotel or whatever this is, the villa. And this place looks super cool. It's super like spacious and very deserty, you know, very Palm Springs, 
Vince meets like oh hi you don't know what those places you don't know those places you're not from here what am I doing imagine okay so the dinner the dinner is a lot so much is said so much happens so Jen has changed out of her white into some snakeskin thing Mer- Meredith has changed into her white looking fabulous I I love her look very chic and Whitney Whitney has a bone to pick okay Whitney Whitney <laughs> she is like I'm drunk and I don't care we are going to talk about this right here on camera to be honest I bet producers are really mad at them for this too I bet it really bugs them too because they have to coordinate other things and that's their job honestly there's probably so many phone calls and text messages and negotiating that goes into that into those decisions so i would not be surprised if whitney's producer was like you're going to drag them for this and she will do what producers tell her to do so she's like got it i'm going to have a whole bottle of wine first so she's like yeah i'm really glad we got to do let's, let's she's like let's cheers I think I'm pretty sure she tries to do a toast and she's like, or something like that. But she calls the attention and literally says, I really wish we hadn't been late, but we were waiting for you to. And why were you guys on the bus? And Meredith is so shocked that this would be brought up in this fashion. She's like, Seth had a doctor's appointment and I'm like, Oh, that has a little internal bleeding energy, if you ask me. It's like your knee jerk, what would be your number one emergency? And so it's like your husband had a doctor's appointment. Hmm. I don't, I think that was just a knee jerk response because it's pretty obvious why she wasn't there. And she just assumed they all would understand why she wasn't there. And not need to question it. Certainly not on camera. So she says her that Seth had a doctor's appointment. And then she realizes that that, would, that was like ridiculous. So she's like, however, I don't want to use him as an excuse. It is also this kind of this group as a whole. Lisa included. And Lisa goes, and vice versa. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> god mary just goes i don't think i need to give you a reason (laughs) like she does it though like whitney is like i'm gonna give this one more chance i'm gonna try one more time to get mary to care but she can't do it mary mary even says whitney i know i know i should say right now like you're my friend and like i just don't have it i just i don't have it i don't have it in me (laughs) <laughs> that's so fucked up <laughs> um oh my god okay so so lisa then wants to say okay so like meredith i'm actually hurt by you saying that i'm um i'm not i haven't been there for you 
And that basically she's like, Mary was the only one that was there for me. She's like, I, Lisa's like, I take offense to that because I feel like I've been there for you. And Meredith is like, well, not with the Jen shit. Nope, not at all. And Whitney, way to go, girl. Whitney goes, actually, no, that was confusing to all of us. Why the hell were you befriending Jen? Like, after everything that was going on with Meredith. Of all people, why Jen? And Lisa says, I did not seek out Jen Shaw. What? What does that mean? Did she seek you out? So that was like, oh, oh, girl, are you involved in some sort of like there's a business thing here? I don't know. That was that was a that was a little telling line. And then Whitney, she Whitney goes, okay, but I get wanting everyone to get along because that's Lisa was like, I like when everyone gets along, which <laughs> what are you saying, Barlow? Uh, and so Whitney's like, okay, that's great, but like, what about me and Meredith? I mean, me and Mary, like. We don't get along. I don't see you clamoring to fix that. And Lisa's like, no, I want I want you to. No, you two should make up and be friends. She did not see that coming. She's like, oh, oh fuck. Yeah, no, I care. Uh-huh. Totally. You guys should totally. Sorry. So, um, Jen, at one point, is like, what have I even done to you, Meredith? Which is so Jen. And she's like, Meredith's like, okay, you you have to admit that you have been disrespectful to my family. And this triggers, Jen, I mean, Jen's wasted. So she's like, disrespectful to your family? What about what you've done to my family? And so Meredith's like, okay, seriously though, what have we, what has my family done to your family? Like, please tell me. And Surprise, surprise, Jen goes, your son said he saw my vagina. By the way, you need to stop. All Jen, Jen wants one thing and she will not rest until it happens. She wants Meredith to say that her son lied about being able to see her vagina. That's, she will not rest until that comes out of Meredith's mouth. And we have heard over and over again from Meredith, um, and also, like, people, like, sources close to filming that Jen was doing other th- It wasn't just, like, that grinder, grinder kicking moment. That's the way they edited that scene is that it made it seem like from that moment is where he was like, I saw her vagina. Excuse me. But remember, it's a confessional, so it's later. I guess throughout the night, Jen had been just, she was drunk and being, like, and kicking her legs and just doing a whole bunch of other stuff. And therefore, like, it was possible. And so what Brooks was so disgusted with was not just that one little moment, but was like the, the whole night, the way Jen had been acting. Um, and so, but M- Meredith snaps and it is spectacular here. It's like Meredith is so sick of this where where she's allowed her son to take all this heat because he was so bitchy about being able to see her vagina and we all were like, dude, how could you, you couldn't see her vagina? We all dragged him for it. So Meredith starts screaming. She's like, yes, we did see your vagina. And Morello and Crystal said, cover your vagina. It was fucking amazing. 
And so Jen goes and like gets in Merritt's face. And again, get out of people's faces. Get out. And producers should be, st- I mean, I guess this is what the show is, but I'm like, someone stand up and be like, you need to keep a distance. It's a, it's a little tricky line. They seem to walk, you know, a little tricky line. So. Oh, okay. So she's in her face. She's in her face. Mirrod's saying, get out of my face. Get out of my face. And Jen says something like, uh, what does she say? Hold on. I got to get this right. She's like, you want me to tell you, tell what I know about you? And Meredith goes, oh, you don't know what I know about you, sweetheart. Ooh. You don't know what I know, baby. Her use of baby in this whole scene was spectacular. And Jenny, Jen, not Jenny, Jen looks surprised. Jen's like, okay, what? And then. I think she sits down. I, don't, I can't remember. Meredith leaves and I think she comes back. I'm not 100% sure. A lot happened in this moment. Um, but at one point in this, in this whole scenario, we find out that Meredith actually didn't call, didn't get a private investigator for Jen. She got a private investigator to figure out where the tweets were coming from and in his findings, his the private investigator was like, it's from Jen. I totally thought she meant um, that she hired a private investigator to look at Jen. I'm pretty sure if I went back and watched the footage, I'd realize that's not at all what she said. Um, it just, that's where my brain went to. But I still am weirded out that Jenny decided to tell Jen about that, especially since she was so, like, neutral kind of on the whole thing and like meredith is more of her friend than jen um so i thought that was kind of weird that she told her anything but jen then gets mad at jenny she's like you told me that she hired a private investigator to look at me and so when meredith clarifies it then jenny she stumbles here to be honest because she also says something to jen like she's like no i told you about it and i and i and we talked privately and i apologized apologize for what jenny thought she could do a little side convo little side convo and then drop this bomb like well meredith she hired a private investigator so i don't know what she was apologizing to jen for exactly but it sounds like she was like you can't really be mad at me because meredith did this and someone on instagram sent me uh a good point they're like i wonder if Jen is mad at Heather for not telling her about the private investigator that Jenny did, not Heather. I was like, yeah, good point. Since Heather's the Jen's number one. Oh, also earlier in the episode, I didn't touch on it, but earlier in the episode, Heather has this weird line where she's like, so you don't want to ride on a bus with her, but you'll sleep in a room next to her? I mean... I'm not going to go up there and buffer it because they upset her. They can deal with her. They they can deal with her. What are you talking about, Heather? Are you? Does she think that she's like the Jen buffer? Is she? Maybe she is. Maybe production's like, Heather, we truly need you. I don't know. Like, I don't know where she's, why she's given herself that role. Because I actually don't understand 
production wouldn't. So what is your deal, Heather? Why are you so loyal to this woman? Um, the very fun thing is that we know that what's about to come out is that Jen supposedly slept with the same guy Meredith was having an affair with. (laughs) It just adds this crazy layer to to the whole thing. There's, a, I believe, a preview of what happens right after that's like, you know, basically the first scene of next week's episode. And it's it straight up comes out where Whitney says, I think this is about Jen hooking up with Meredith's boyfriend. And we all know how Meredith is when it comes to like being honest about what she does. She doesn't like talking about her family. She says that the reunion, it really bugged me when she said that. She was like, do you think I would even talk about my life with anyone in this group? I said, yep, because you're on a show. What's going on with you and Seth? So she she gets very defensive. We also still have that moment where she where she says, my father died. What doesn't fucking add up about that? And she makes that scary face and her head's all tilted. I should really start doing video because... Actually, maybe I shouldn't. Never mind. This is private. No one use your imagination. We don't need to see it. Okay, guys, this has been a long episode. I can't, I guess they're just gonna all be long. So hope you enjoy that. Mm, a lot of ground to cover. So the usual plugs. Follow me on Instagram at she speaks bravo. I am definitely going to uh, post things on there like, hey, what do you guys want me to talk about? And kind of do like a like a listener response type of thing. So like, hey, I want to know what your thoughts are on whatever. And I'll be like, so and so wants me to talk about that. Right? That sounds so cheesy. Um, but that sounds like, why not? I'll, we'll try it once. If it doesn't work out and it's weird, we won't do it again. I promise. But uh, take care, guys. Keep it sexy. And... I'll see you next time.